FIBA play and the World Cup coming right up. And the Pacers are involved. Tyrese Halliburton, Daniel Tice, Jim Boylan, and no, Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nemhard will break down what you need to know about the World Cup and what to watch for, especially with Halliburton in the matchups, all on today's Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today it's FIBA Day, diving into the international action of the summer. We got the official confirmation of the Team USA select team yesterday for you listening today for me talking which means it's officially known what the team usa squad will be which means it's time to talk about all this stuff they're gonna start playing pretty soon uh the select squad and the men's squad will have camp starting early next week tyrese halliburton obviously included talk all about what that means for him he talked with paul george about it he talked about recruiting all sorts of big angles to cover there daniel tice is playing in the world cup for germany talk about what that could mean for the pacers pacers have a coach on team usa staff and two play pacers not playing that is not surprising but a little bit noteworthy to talk about all coming today and i love international hoops one because the rules are different and it's really fun and it's just a totally different game and two because it usually happens in the heart of the nba offseason when i like to watch these guys play. So I'm excited for it personally. And Team USA camp coming next week with, of course, one Tyrese Halliburton involved. It has already been announced. He's on the Pacers World Cup team. For those of you who don't know what the event is, uh, every four years there's a FIBA World Cup for basketball. There was one in 2019. If you want to go back in time, Miles Turner was on that team. They did not do well. They got seventh. They were only like one round away from not even auto-qualifying for the Olympics from that round. That was not a good USA team, but Miles Turner was on it. Uh, that was his big USA moment. He's been on the select team before as well, but that was the last thing he did, the last big USA inclusion. This year, Pacers will look to regain a little bit in that way, and they have a better team. We'll get to the roster later, but Hal Burton is the Pacers rep on that team. Cool honor for him, right? He's been on Team USA before. He's been on the U19 team a while ago, but this is cool to be on the official team, not the Olympic squad. Maybe someday for him. He's only 23, but this is really cool. It's his first World Cup team, and it's technically the Pacers' first Team USA guy since Tyrese Halliburton, who was on the select team in 2021 uh, for that World Cup squad in Tokyo, because remember, it got pushed back a year because of COVID. You know who was also on that select team that I didn't know? I had to look this up today. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin was on that select team as well. So Tyrese and Obi played on that squad together, which is pretty cool. And then Turner, of course, in 2019 before that, but that squad kind of stunk. So this is a really cool opportunity for Tyrese Halliburton, right? You get to expand your game in these Team USA settings, in these international play settings, and really expand your brand. Like, if you do well, like, you're, you're getting watched by a whole country. You're getting watched in another country. There's more eyes on you than just NBA fans. It's world fans. Like, they'll be playing against Greece. The, 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 the Pacers. <laughs> uh, the USA is a group is like New Zealand and Greece and Jordan. And then, you know, you're always playing some of the best of the best as you progress through the tournament. So it's a global scale. It's a big opportunity to grow, you know, on that kind of opportunity. Expand your name and your game, right? That is what Team USA can be all about on the world stage. But the big thing for Halliburton that he talked about, right, if you are a YouTube watcher of Locked on Pacers, you saw this. 
in the video I uploaded from Halbert and talking about playing for Team USA at his camp a little bit, right? Something that's big for a lot of guys on this team is they're not they're not the dude on this team, but they're the dude on their team. So the full roster, I said I alluded to it, Paolo Bancaro with the Magic, Mikael Bridges from the Nets, Jalen Brunson with the Knicks, Anthony Edwards with the Timberwolves, Halliburton, of course, Josh Hart from the Knicks, Brandon Ingram from the Pelicans, Jaron Jackson Jr. from the Grizzlies, Cam Johnson from the Nets, Walker Kessler from the Jazz, Bobby Portis, the old man. Somehow Bobby Portis is the old man from the Bucks and Austin Reed from the Lakers, right? Bancaro is the dude on the Magic. Mikael Bridges is the dude on the Nets. Jalen Brunson is the dude on the Knicks. Anthony Edwards is the dude on the Timberwolves. Halliburton is the dude on the Pacers. Brandon Ingram is the dude on the Pelicans. And, of course, Reeves is very talented with the ball. Jaron Jackson has it a lot. Cam Johnson has a lot, right? This team has a lot of guys who are high-level options on their team and are asked to create or be that guy. On this team, that's not the case, right? It's more... A team effort kind of thing. It's more spread out. It's not just one guy doing it all. Paul George said he's excited to play with Ant, or excuse me, Paul George. Tyrese Halberton told Paul George he's excited to play with Ant on PG's podcast. That's where I got Paul George mixed into there. But something he talked about is like, you're put in different situations, right? He's not just going to be the on-ball ball dominant guy like he's going to be with the Pacers. And don't get me wrong, he'll get those reps and that will be valuable, but he'll learn more about the off-ball stuff too, which will matter growing, going forward, right? In the playoffs, you need to have those skills. You need to be able to do more than one thing. You need to be able to play at different speeds. You need to be able to play in different roles and having these chances, right? Especially playing to me, the guy I want to be watching Halburn with is when he shares the court with Jalen Brunson. What does that look like for him when there's a real other point guard out there, someone else who can really run the show? And we've seen Halburn do it with Fox before. He played with Brogdon with the Pacers a tiny bit, but he's a lot better now than he was then. So what does that look like for him at this current evolution, right? I imagine that when they're not sharing the court, Halliburton is clearly the best point guard of this roster. Uh, him and Brunson are close in talent. But when Brunson's off the floor, obviously it's Halliburton. But especially when those two share the floor, right? What does that look like for Tyrese Halliburton? How can he expand his game off the ball in that way? What does he look like as a connecting piece? That will be absolutely fascinating for me personally to see. That'll be a big chance for him to evolve. He, that's what he said. I think you're just being put in different situations, and that's a big pro for him is to get some of that off-ball work in. He said, do different things that you don't do as much during the season. And Paul George, if you listen to Podcast P episode, I talked about it a little bit earlier this week, said those changing roles matter. It's a big deal for all these guys. Paul George has played on some of these great Team USA groups before. It's always fun to see you know, these scrimmages and see the best of the best going against each other one-on-one, -on -one, but that's really valuable for the long term of this. So it sets a tone for these guys in terms of their growth. It sets the tone for the Olympic team next year. Perhaps Tyrese Halliburton, look, I don't think he'll be playing his way out of the 2024 Olympic team. There, a lot of the guys from the last Olympic squad are still potentially in the range there, but they're getting older. The, the, the current guard of the USA squad's getting older. Maybe by 2028, if Halliburton especially is a good showing now, he could be in the mix to be one of those guys on that team. So this sets the tone for the Olympics. That's pretty important. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But there's a bigger part to this Team USA stuff, and that is recruiting. I know it's cliche and lame, and I can't even believe I'm talking about it, but it is important. So let me be clear that like it's a little overstated. Same with the all-star team stuff. Like, Yeah, these guys get to know each other, and there's some element of recruiting going on. And I do think it's important. I want to talk about it. I don't think it's like they get on this team, and all of a sudden all these guys are tight and like immediately want to play together. But you know, Tim Reynolds of the AP was the first to report this, and it's been out there in a million ways. And Tim Reynolds is based in Miami, and he's very plugged in with the Miami Heat. Right, A big part of 
Dame's Damian Lillard's desire to play for the Heat beyond that they're good and playing in Miami's cool is that he's really close with Bam. And where did that friendship start? The Tokyo Olympics in 2021 when those two were on Team USA, right? It's not just that you know, they already knew each other, but they grew as friends there. They became close, and that relationship became important to Dame. And all of a sudden, now we're here. Will Lillard wants to go to Miami. So, yes, this recruiting thing can be important, even if it is a little overstated at times. But it's definitely not nothing. It's something that's going to matter for Tyrese Halberton, who is a bubbly dude who has talked about his uh, belief in his recruiting skills. And the Pacers have talked a lot about his recruiting skills. So if this team can be good and do well and grow close, and Tyrese Halberton can be himself and talk to some of these guys about playing together in the long future. Yeah, that's important. And, you know, he got asked about it at that camp and laughed at the question a little bit. But he even said, we'll see. We'll see. I'll do my fair share of conversations for sure. He knows the importance of what he's going to be doing out there. I'll be curious if he can actually do anything. I want to talk about some of the little things I'll be looking for with him. A lot of that off-ball stuff I already talked about. Plus, Daniel Tice with Germany and more in the second segment here today as we continue looking ahead at the FIBA World Cup. Before we keep going on that, though, I want to really quickly talk to you guys about FanDuel. Baseball going strong and take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in a game. You can do all that on an app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Back here on LockedOn Pacers, thanks for making us your first listen today. And every single day for your cycle, listen, jump on over to Lockdown NBA. Excited to host it again on this lovely day, talking about Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland after some fun stuff on the Hoop Collective, and Austin Rivers' comments about Dame and the state of the NBA and the CBA, and Michael Jordan, no longer the owner of the Hornets. Lots to get into there on Lockdown NBA. David Ramil and I dive into all of it here on Lockdown Pacers, talking about the upcoming World Cup. And the biggest thing I'll be watching for with Halliburton is that off-ball stuff, right? And I kind of talked about it and danced, not danced around it, I addressed it, but I think that's just pretty vital for the Pacers. Like, I think it's interesting to kind of marry up some of the stuff Halliburton has said this summer about the next evolution of the Pacers, right? I asked him at the lottery what he's watching in the playoffs, right? What He wants to be there. What are you learning from this? How will that help you? And he talked about, you know, all these teams are really good in the half court. We've got to be better there next season beyond the defensive stuff they've all talked about that a million times right and that i agree Pacers are really good in transition their half court offense isn't quite at that level and he's talked to you know front office coaching staff about that need for that growth but then he tells paul george on podcast p hey i'm not good at playing slow i like playing fast and you can play fast in a half court setting you can get to your team shots early you can get into offense quickly but it's all an intricate balance the game slows down in the playoffs, and Halberton's going to have to be better at that, especially because, as currently constructed, in the future, the Pacers will probably not have this problem, but as currently constructed, that man's going to get a lot of attention in the postseason. So if he's giving it up quickly to get the Pacers into their set quickly in a postseason setting, where they're trying to go, where they're trying to be their best, he's going to have to do some off-ball stuff, whether that's just running around to get open, whether that's relocating, 
whether that's quickly pass and fake a screen and get some else, whatever it is. There's a million things guards can do off the ball right after they throw the ball. Steph Curry's a wizard at it, but a lot of other guards do it at a lesser level that's still impactful. Halliburton's going to have to get better at that stuff for the Pacers going forward and in the postseason, right? Who knows what the second ball handle will be? Maybe it's Matherin. Maybe it's Nemhard. Maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's Bruce Brown. But either way, there's a lot of ways that Halliburton getting better slightly in an off-ball stuff, and this is not a, like he should have the ball all the time. But, like, obviously all these growth points are important for every player. And this is the chance for Halburn to do that with this Team USA group. And so being able to kind of be in that role, figure out how to space a little more, figuring out what the timing of cutting and all this kind of stuff. And he's, a, you know, Rick Carlisle's called him a basketball genius. I'm sure he'll figure it out. But figuring out these reads and improving his game slightly in that way, I think will go a really long way for him. I think that is a skill that... I'll be looking forward to seeing him do, and obviously defending some of the best in the world. That you know, who knows what role Halbert will officially be playing on this team, but seeing him on defense and seeing that growth with other talented defenders will totally be fascinating. I think there's a lot of stuff to watch in that way. But in general, I mean, how does he look at with his brilliance with this team, this amazing team? You know, is he going to look just ridiculous? He's just going to be setting everybody up left and right, lobs. I mean, he could just look awesome. So there's a lot to watch for with him. I think I alluded to it already. I just wanted to get a little more into it. The off-ball play is the thing that I personally will be the most dialed in on, and I I mean, this won't happen. Obviously, I think it's the most important he gets tons of reps with the ball because that's his strength, but if, if he can get a good amount of reps as an off-ball guy, especially with a guy like Brunson or any of the ball handlers really who can pass a little bit, you know, the Reeves types, the Ingrams, you know, the, the Ben Caros, he's not the best passer, but he'll get there. You know, that all will be really great for him, I think, going forward, and really good for the Pacers, who would like to see what this could mean for him. Uh, but there's more. There's more basketball for the Pacers than just Tyrese Halliburton for Team USA. There's also Daniel Tice playing for Germany, and I should have brought this up earlier, and I forgot, but I'll get to it now. Tice played last summer for Germany for Eurobasket, and hey, if you remember... And I should have brought this up earlier. Uh, a big part of that was he came to camp and was hurt a little bit. His knee was hurt, and the team talked about how it could have happened overseas before the season started. And he you know, didn't start training camp right away, and then he did, and then he didn't, and then he had surgery on his knee and all this stuff. And, yeah, Daniel Tice had a very busy summer last year. And that short time between Eurobasket and training camp mattered. There's a couple differences this year, though. One... Last offseason, Daniel Tice played for the Celtics, who made the finals. He played in the NBA until July. The Pacers were out in April. That's two full months, basically. Right? Two, the NBA calendar is actually a little different this coming season, right? Actually, the season actually starts a little bit later. So there's not as there's a little more time between the World Cup and the regular season. You can look up, look up the key dates for the NBA this coming year, right? Opening night is October 24th is the start of the 2023-24 NBA season. That's on the NBA's website. That's already up and announced. I can't believe that's not talked about more. That's a week change. Training camps don't begin until October 3rd this year. So assuming this event ends when it's talked about it ending, which is in September. Um, it, it does not. I, I can't remember the specific end date. I think September 10th. Um, either way, that's almost a month, right? That's a much bigger gap than Tice had last year. It's like multiple weeks more. So yeah, that was a big deal for him, and it would have been a big deal for Halliburton, but it's different this year because one, the Pacers didn't make the finals, and two, there is a much bigger gap this year from last year. So that's a big deal um, with that bigger break. Tice told Eurohoops already, he's he's listed on Germany's roster, he's listed on 
their fever group. And he told Euro Hoops he's playing. He is playing. He's excited. Uh, and having this extra off time that I just referred to has really helped him with his body and being ready, right? Last year, he almost wasn't even on the Germany team uh, because of that niche stuff, right? It was questionable if he would even be able to go, but that break will help. Uh, good NBA squads or good NBA players on that Germany squad uh, playing alongside Tice. They got third in Eurobasket last year. It's a good team. Maxi Kleba's playing this year from Mavs. Dennis Schroeder's playing. Tice is playing. Franz Wagner from Magic is playing. And his brother, Mo Wagner, all playing for Germany. Uh, that team will be really good. <laughs> Their group is pretty strong with Australia, Finland, and Japan. But they should win it, and they're pretty good. And Tice is a key part of that. He's a, that team is so fascinating. They're like... They're not like the epitome of European basketball to me, but they're just really tough, but they can shoot, and Schroeder's got the right amount of finesse to kind of break up the pace of play. It's really fun to watch them. If you get a chance, I was watching them a lot last year because he was the last pacer left playing in overseas play, so there was just kind of a lot to dive into with him, and I hadn't seen him play yet because, well, I had like in the NBA, but I was really diving in because he was now on the Pacers roster, so it was fun to watch him. He's kind of like this bruiser type for them last year at least. Uh, he opened the games for them, you know, was a real enforcer, set a bunch of screens, got a bunch of rebounds, and they would sit out for like almost the rest of the first half until like right before the end of it. But that team was just a hoot to watch and they were great. And so for him, I think the big things to watch are going to be health and conditioning, right? He had a whole year. He played, he played seven NBA games this year, right? Like I get that he had surgery and he missed a bunch of time and he was healthy down the stretch. Like saying he played seven NBA games is not reflective of Daniel Tice's actual health right now and going forward. But he only played seven games. So seeing his actual conditioning level and game shape level matters. Like, he was joking about it. But before he returned, he was saying with the Pacers, it was a big deal that he was getting his conditioning level up because he was like, man, playing five minutes to ten minutes per game with this team is going to be crazy hard because of how fast we play. you got to be in really good shape. And so not having seen a ton of him with this team, nobody has except for obviously people who work for the team themselves, it's going to be important. How does he look? How's his health? How's his knee? How's his conditioning? And of course, does he look good? What does he look like? Has he still on the wrong? He's the wrong side of 30. He's not, you know, he doesn't have the most basketball miles ever on him. He's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, I don't think, but he is 31. So seeing what he looks like, can he still be holding up? I don't think that he'll show any signs of aging at all, to be clear, but it's still something to look out for. What does he look like? How does he fit in? And of course, uh, uh, in that vein, bad play would, of course, be a bad sign, right? Uh-oh, is he getting older? What does that mean for the Pacers? But in general, I think you'll see pretty much exactly what you saw last year in Euro basket with him in World Cup play this year. A ton of great screens, <laughs> some decent passes, a bully around the basket, and Germany will be one of the more fun teams to watch in the whole tournament to me. And seeing Tice play will, of course, be interesting because we haven't seen a ton of him uh, even since the Pacers acquired him. In fact, I just said it, seven games total. So he's the other Pacer playing. There could have been a few more. We'll talk about that in the third segment. There's also a Pacers assistant worth monitoring this summer and two Pacers who aren't playing for their national team despite at least some reported registered interest. We'll cover all of that and a little more to close out today's show. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Jump on over to Lockdown Knicks. Why? Because... They had a crazy day of two-way contract dancing. They got Indy native Dylan Windler in on a two-way deal. Once more, they have the wave Trevor Keels, but before that all happened, former Pacer Dwayne Washington signed his qualifying offer, which was a two-way deal, but then he got cut, so he got some money, but then he's out, and then Keels is out, and then Windler's in, and they had other guys on two-ways. It was nuts. A lot of fun reporting from the New York Beat Riders to figure out all the two-ways there. Lockdown Knicks will break it down, and I really specify that because... Dwayne Washington and Dylan Wunder are involved, and a lot of Indiana people know who they are. 
Uh, speaking of people who Indiana people know who they are, former Pacers assistant coach, and now once again Pacers assistant coach, if you missed that, Jim Boylan has been promoted. Uh, I talked about that a couple weeks ago, and it actually happened. He is now a Pacers assistant coach once again. 2012 was his first, and he's back on the back of the bench for this team. And he's an assistant for the Team USA Select team. That was announced on two, uh, on Monday. Uh, good opportunity for him. He, of course, was the head coach of the Team USA World Cup qualifying team from 2021 through 2023. That team has like G League and fringe NBA level guys on it, right? Fort Wayne Adams, guard David Stockton was on that team. Langston Galloway, who was with the Pacers for preseason and training camp, he's always been on that team. He's also on the select team again. He's one of the vets, him and Jared Jack, uh, two of the vets that get to be on that team and have been for a long time. But it's cool to see Langston Galloway doing it again. Um, that was something that was talked about a lot from Rick Carlisle about him that he valued a lot is that Team USA experience. But Jim Boylan was the head coach for that Team USA team, and now he's an assistant coach for the select team. So he'll get to be around Halliburton in that setting. And, of course, the rest of the talented players, the select team is really good too. Uh, that basically is just like the, the practice squad, air quotes, that gets to work with the actual Team USA out there. And Boylan's an assistant. Jamal Mosley is that coach. The other assistant, by the way, for that team is Matt Painter, you Purdue listeners can enjoy that. That's pretty cool to see Matt Painter in that setting. So that's a fun staff and fun little team. No Pacers players on that select group, but an assistant coach, a former Pacer, and all that starts early next week. Camp starts for this group, I believe, August 3rd, and then they have some exhibitions and scrimmages like the 6th or 7th. Like They're getting into it, but they start next week with practices and they have games the following week. I wanted to get to it right now because it's sneaking up on me, and all of it just kind of got finalized and announced earlier today, so it was really time to dive into uh, the Team USA stuff. So good opportunity for Halliburton and Boylan with the USA squad and Tice with the Germany team. We'll, of course, be covering it all here as it happens on the Locked On Pacers podcast. That's not it with the Pacers connections. In the actually playing group, guys who are on the Pacers at one point this calendar year, uh, Gogo Batadze is playing for Georgia. Georgia had a crummy Eurobasket, which sucks. They were a host nation. They had a lot of hype. They did terrible. They had that little beef with Turkey. That was no fun, but Gogo back in. Uh, for this one, Georgia is in the World Cup. He is uh, has looked good for them, and that team's looked good in that setting. And they have a chance to get out of their group if they can beat Venezuela. I don't think they'll beat Slovenia and Luka, but they can certainly do well enough in that group, and that'll be really cool. Uh, if you count Ricky Rubio as a former Pacer, he is playing for Spain. I am not going to count him. I'm just scrolling down to the page to get to Canada, where another former Pacer, a much more recent former Pacer, is playing in O'Shea Brissett. He was a part of the group that committed to the three straight summers of Canada basketball thing a couple summers ago. He couldn't play last year for various reasons, but he is playing this year. He is on their squad for the FIBA World Cup play. That Canada team is crazy good. Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis Alexander, RJ Barrett, Lou Dort, Kelly Olenix on that group. Uh, they're going to be fun. Uh, they might not be the best team, but they're going to be really fun. O'Shea Brissett playing for them, another former Pacer out there. I'm probably missing some more. There's a ton of NBA guys in the mix here. Um, but notably not playing for Canada, Andrew Nemhard, who has played for Canada before. I believe he had a U19, U20. I can't remember. He had a stint with them before for sure in a U-something run. And then Ben Matherin, also not playing for Canada. I believe it was Joe Varden of The Athletic who reported he had interest in playing for the Canadian squad. Of course, they had all those commitments. But if enough of those guys dropped out, they might have an opening on their team. But also they changed coaches. Nick Nurse, no longer the head coach of Team Canada. So... Uh, Matherin and Nemhard not playing. I would have loved to see that 
Right, that would have been really cool for them as both is an opportunity for the same reasons it's good for Halbert and Tice, but also to see them playing in a setting with these better players, see how they look in international play. It's just good experience for all these guys. Um, so I thought there was a chance one of them could be on that group. I know they've talked about wanting to. Maybe they will in the future. In fact, certainly they'll have opportunities, but they're not playing this year. Um, so the Canada intrigue from the Pacer side specifically is way down because O'Shea Brissett is not with the Pacers anymore. Nemhard and Matherin are not playing. I'm sure they'll find time to play this summer, obviously. And if Canada does a select team, I would imagine there's a chance those guys will be on it. So that's all the Pacers news surrounding the FIBA play. Now, I want to also address the other elephants here in the room. Uh, 2014, Paul George, Team USA. Everybody knows what happened. Big injury. One of the big turning points for the Pacers of the last decade. Can you believe that that's barely within a decade, by the way? I typed within the last decade in my notes to say that out loud for the show. And then I had to think for a second, was that actually in this decade? It was, <laughs> but either way, big turning point for the Pacers, that leg injury for Paul George before the 2014-15 season. Um, so that's the biggest thing for this from a Pacers perspective. When you look at Team USA is they'll just, uh, not even just Team USA. When they look at FIBA World Cup play in general with other guys playing, that's what they'll hope for. No injuries. <laughs> they want as few injuries as possible to their players. Every NBA team wants as few injuries as possible to their players. You can't get guys to not play, right? You can't just say no. That would be uncool. But it's obviously a big deal. Like Giannis might not play. He had that surgery for the Bucks earlier this summer. Jokic isn't playing. Uh, he already said that. Um, so, you know, there's some guys that are out, especially guys that have had grueling seasons. Like, there is a chance that it matters to him, to the regular season and stuff like that. So the Pacers will hope specifically that there are no injuries to any of Tyser Halbert. And, of course, that is a very key takeaway for all of this. But to me, this is a little bit like Summer League in terms of how I will be viewing it and having takeaway experiences. Like, no one playing amazing or playing awful is, like, an important takeaway for the NBA, especially because this play style is so much different than the NBA. There's literally different rules, right? But... The takeaways to me are about little skills, right? Is Daniel Tice whipping in 15-footers? Or does his passing look crisp like it, it did in the past before this past year? Does he look like he's in great shape and he's playing way more than he did for Germany last year because he's healthier? That would be awesome for the Pacers. Or does his jumper look... All, you know, all this stuff that you go, oh, you know, if the Pacers are really committed to him next year and he's in the rotation, then yeah, maybe that'd be great for them if, if he could be the backup five and look fantastic and have a little more space in his game and a little more decision-making. And for Halbert and all the stuff I already mentioned, right? How's the off-ball game look? Does he look any better at any other specific skills? Is he leading this team? Is he clearly head and shoulders above some of these guys? That could matter for his long-term future with Team USA operations as well. All that little stuff matters for his future, but also for the Pacers to go, oh, cool. He's better at this. He's worse at this. He needs to work on this. That's the stuff I'll be watching out for. But of course, we'll be breaking it down every step of the way here on the Locked On Pacers podcast. Maybe not after every game. That would be a little excessive because this is a Pacers show, not an international basketball show. But we'll come in with periodic updates as the games happen, as we do, as we've done every single summer because it's fun to cover these international games, especially in August when there's less NBA stuff going on. As this week continues, tomorrow covering another Pacers free agency topic I haven't gotten to yet. The two-way guys. What's up with Gabe York? What's up with Kendall Brown? Where are they going to land? Plus, Halbert was on slam cover. That's really cool. Um, we'll see what he ends up doing tomorrow. He could be doing something in Indy. And there's a lot of other stuff going on. Another report about TJ McConnell from Mark Stein. Chad Buchanan talked 
on the Pacers broadcast during summer league. There's a lot of stuff I want to just kind of talk about. And then later this week, we're talking the Pacers rotation and a few other topics as we head out of the free agency month. There's still quite a bit to get to in Pacerland. You won't want to miss it here on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show and learned something about international basketball. If you have any questions, I'm on Twitter slash X or whatever it's called now uh, at Tony R East. The show is at Lockdown Pacers or comment down below on YouTube. Thank y'all a ton for listening. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you soon.